I want it to be really transparent so that people can like know me as a person because partly because I think it makes it really genuine, but also like from a sales perspective, people buy from who they like, know, and trust. So if they seeing all parts of your life, then they, they know you. If you make it fun, they like you. And if you make it genuine, they trust you. All right, young entrepreneurs and aspiring business leaders, we have one of our great friends, Whitney, joining us. She's a type seven on the Enneagram. She's a sophomore in college. She leads her own business with 12 members on her team. She works uh, with Monate and she has an awesome, awesome Instagram page. She's a uh, social media beast. So you guys are going to have to give her a follow, but I know that you are going to receive value from this podcast today. Uh, I know that she has a lot of insight. She's wise beyond her years for sure. So I hope you guys enjoy. Whitney, I'm so glad to have you with us. I'm so excited to be talking to a type seven uh, as an eight with a seven wing type sevens are just so much fun. And I think you're going to bring that out of me as well. Um, but Lamar, he's a type one. So he navigates to uh, a type seven in health. So I think we're going to have a really fun conversation. How are you feeling about jumping into the podcast today? Yeah, let's get it. I'm excited. <laughs> There's the energy that I'm looking for. That's what's right. up. <laughs> like right off the bat, it's she might as well have just screen. I'm a seven. Let's go. Bring <laughs> right, right. the party. Right. <laughs> well, I kind of introduced you a little bit there, Whitney. Just tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you're studying in college, about your business, and then how you learned about the Enneagram. I'm a sophomore in college at Colorado Mesa University. I have always kind of wanted to go there. Uh, my family lives in the area, so that like made it nice to have someone close to home. The UNM campus scares me, so I didn't want to go there. Um, <laughs> that's kind of my deciding factor there. And I figured CMU would be more of an adventure than UNM. So that's kind of what landed me there. But I needed to find a way to pay for it. So that's kind of actually what led me to my business is I had been like praying and praying for this scholarship, ended up landing the scholarship, which was amazing, was able to get me Colorado in-state tuition instead of out-of-state tuition. But after that, it was still crazy expensive. So I was praying for a way to pay for it. Um, the business kind of landed in my lap. I like watched a girl's story that I never watched. I was like, oh, and I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what is this? And I kind of just kept in contact with her. I told her like, okay, when I turn 18, I'm doing this. I knew if I didn't tell her I was going to do it, I was going to not do it. April 13th, two days after my 18th birthday, I ended up joining, um, been in it for 18 months now. So that's kind of how I got into the business and then always have been kind of an entrepreneur though. I've always done little side hustles to pay for things. And then as far as the Enneagram, I was in a small group at Sagebrush Church my senior year of high school, and it was just kind of like trendy to know about. So we all figured out what we were. I mistyped as a nine and then retested and figured out that I'm a seven. So, yeah. What resonated with you most about the type seven over the type nine? I think I'm also an Aries. So I'm kind of like, I don't want to say bossy, but I'm bossy. <laughs> so I like to be like, more in control. I really don't like to be like held down by things. And I know that's definitely like one of seven's fears is they're scared to be like locked into things. So I have yeah. like aspects of people pleasing tendencies that I kind of resonated with on the nine, but that comes more out of like, I don't want to be in conflict. So I just kind of am like agreeable, but I definitely resonated with more of like, I would read through all the posts on Instagram and stuff. And I'd be like, no, I'm a seven. Nine does not match. Like yeah. definitely motivated by fun and stuff like that as well. So. No, that's really yeah. cool. You had mentioned earlier that uh, <clears throat> you used to do several different entrepreneurial type of things or businesses. What were some of those things that you did? 
yeah I'm always like the type of person that I find something that I like I'll be on Pinterest or whatever I'm like oh my gosh that is so cute I want it and then I'll go look it up and it's like 40 bucks I'm like I'm not spending 40 bucks on that so I'll make it myself um very much like a DIY like critical thinker kind of person so my first ones honestly I think I started in like first grade I started making jewelry with my mom and we would sell it at craft shows I sold a lot to other first graders because my stuff was like rainbows and stars and very first gradey sixth grade I had a bow making business so I made hair bows sold them for two bucks a pop that was fun in high school I decided that I wanted to go to Costa Rica to pay for that I ended up selling tie-dye t-shirts I sold 94 tie-dye t-shirts and earned two grand in profit um my junior year of high school wow and then I make jewelry on the side just because I enjoy it um I make these little wall art thingies um, out of yarn because I saw it on Pinterest and I said I can make that that sticks in yarn and then with the hair products that I sell I literally love them so much so I would scream it from the rooftop even if it wasn't paying my tuition all kinds of so. entrepreneurial endeavors I think uh yeah I think you're you're confirming the fact that uh the type seven is is definitely a natural entrepreneur I think because of the fact yeah. that they're able to uh navigate or have a lot of balls in the air so to speak of different things that they're doing and then they're always super excitable to uh, jump in and learn new things and do new things mm-hmm. so wow in second grade so you were selling bows for two dollars what were the margins on on those bows I have no idea. I used <laughs> she didn't know what a margin was when she was in sixth grade. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I had no idea. I would, I guess my mom probably footed the bill on that one. Um, I would go and like pick like the fabric squares, like the remnants, and they're super cheap at like Joanne's. You can get like the fabric remnants for a couple bucks. And then I used hot glue and I would buy things of clips on Amazon or Hobby Lobby. I honestly don't even remember. But I sold a lot of them. That was like how I started, like why I started my Instagram page almost was because I sold a ton of bows on Instagram <laughs> in like sixth and seventh grade. So, so what yeah. is it about, what is it about owning your own business that excites you most? I hate being on the clock. Like whenever I'm at work on the clock, I'm literally counting down the hours. Like mm-hmm. even if I love the job, um, I used to work at Pizzeria Luca in Albuquerque best Italian let me plug this restaurant real quick because it's a small business and I adore it amazing restaurant amazing food the cooks are awesome the owner Richard is amazing honestly loved that job so much but I would go in and be thinking about my other business and I just really like that with entrepreneurship you can like instead of being tied into the amount of hours you work like I can work 10 hours for 10 bucks an hour and make a hundred dollars Or I can work for four hours and make 10 sales and make $400, right? So it's like, you can kind of control the outcomes more in a sense, because the business cycle varies. But I like that my efforts are reflected. Like I used to work at Tilly's. Oh my God, I hated that job so much. Um, But I would be like folding clothes for hours. I would do like, I don't know, $400 in sales for the day, maybe, but get like eight bucks an hour. And I was like, this is just not worth my time. So I really like that entrepreneurship, you can get what you put in, you you get what you put in. Um, yeah, I guess you put in more at the beginning and then it's a bigger outcome in the long run. You're not uh, limited. Or yeah. You don't have a, a ceiling on you. That's you're, you're giving up all of your sevenness for sure. Because one of the things <laughs> that the seven avoids or one of their fears is being limited or trapped. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it makes sense that you like, I hate being on the clock. I'm just looking at it and waiting for its end because this is limiting me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, did you feel when you were working, you know, a typical job, like you were limited or you were trapped in that way? Kind of. Yeah. Like at Tilly's, I just hated it because honestly I hated the job. But when I was working at Luca, I loved it. 
because it was really social. So I would like, I made a game out of it. I would figure out all of the regulars. I learned their names. I learned their orders. I enjoyed that job because I got to have fun with it. So I really enjoyed like making those connections with people, building those relationships. Um, but at the same time, if I had like, for example, right now it's Black Friday week. So in my business, I'm like all day long texting people that have been interested in products throughout the year. Um, and letting them know about the sales. And like, if I was at work, I would just feel trapped. It'd be like, oh my God, I want to work on my business right now. And I can't because I'm on the clock. Um, I'd like sneak to the bathroom and work <laughs> for a couple minutes at a time. So mm. I would say I really enjoy working as long as I'm making like connections with people in a traditional work environment. Um, but the restaurant business is definitely for me over the retail industry. If it's like in-person sales, because yeah. I just enjoy that more. I got another question that's going to be a curveball that we didn't um, prepare you for, but okay, um, bring it on. <laughs> when you were thinking, when you were thinking about yourself as a type seven, was there anything about it that you like wrestled with? Like, oh, like, I don't like that about myself, but it's so Great true. Question. I like run away from conflict, like to a fault. And I avoid negative emotion almost to a fault. Honestly, though, I don't really feel like avoiding negative emotion is a fault because if you can be happy, why not just be happy? Um, very seven thing to say, I know, but <laughs> I would say like, I'm very bad at sitting in negativity. It just like, it makes me want to just, yeah. just like, you get it out. That's the first thing that comes to mind. No, it makes sense for those of you out there that don't know much about a type seven. Um, it's very hard for them to deal with emotional pain. So they're a forever optimist, uh, always finding the silver lining. And so to deal with their emotional pain, they find, okay, I don't want to deal with that. I'll find a positive outlook or, you know, another adventure instead of facing that. And so uh, what happens with sevens sometimes in relationships, professional or personal, is that when another person then uh, imposes their emotions onto you, it also will shut you down or you'll want to move away from them because it's like, all right, there's a lot of emotions going on here. So mm -hmm. have you ever experienced that in, in personal or professional relationships where people are putting their emotions on you and you kind of flee from it? Yeah, definitely. I think when people are like, when people are interpreting my actions as something that they like weren't meant to be, like sometimes I'm just like really rushed and like, not really like in conversation like if I'm thinking about something else I'm like kind of like one tracked mind on that I'm really bad at multitasking like as far as like conversations go um so sometimes people will like take that and misinterpret my actions to be like offensive towards them and that pisses me off because it's like that's not what I meant and that's literally like I, I wasn't even thinking about you in this moment and you think I'm being a jerk and maybe I am but like <laughs> yeah. like that was not my intention so I feel like I'm a very like kind-hearted person and so when people take my kindheartedness as fake I've had that happen before um I had a friend in college literally loved her to death but she like told my best friend there she was like don't trust what she's too bubbly like she's she's got to be fake she's one of those fake network marketing people and it took me crying on this girl's floor about the death of one of my good friends from high school to realize that I had emotions <laughs> so I think a lot of times like kind of goes back to um your question Lamar where I like one of the things that I don't love about my sevenness is that I don't like open up to people well about like negative things because I just don't want to think about them myself. So yeah. Does that answer that question? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So Great. let's go there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we're about to dive in. We're like, about to crack open the emotions right let's now. Let's see how, like, let's see if we can just crack open that really hard shell. No, I'm just kidding. Oh gosh. I'm... Uh, I bet that <laughs> makes you make sure. Good vibes only, right? I bet that hashtag resonates yeah. with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
no, yeah, it, it is uh, the the thing about you know your friends uh, coming to you and saying like you were misunderstood or they misinterpreted uh, what mm-hmm. you said or your actions or whatever that may be. That I can see how that can resonate as a frustration for me as an eight with a seven wing. I, I get that one hundred percent because mm-hmm. I can be aggressive as well as uh, not show emotion. So, and then I think you're you said you're more of a seven with an eight wing, correct? Mm-hmm. So you yeah. don't show emotion and you're aggressive. So this works out well. <laughs> And, and that, that kind of, yeah. I mentioned like, I like to be a boss. I'm like, yeah, she's definitely seven with an eight wing, not a nine, mm-hmm. but they say, okay, you made me feel like this. Now you're having to face your own uh, self, your own emotions of saying like, okay, what did I really mean? Right. What, why are you slowing me down now with your negativity when that this isn't even worth it? So that mm-hmm. is definitely a constant uh, tension. I can imagine that comes yeah. up. Cause at the same time, I like, I hate when I feel like I've hurt my friends. That's like one of my like most like, oh my gosh, I get so like down on, down on myself, honestly for a good reason. If you're hurting your friends, you should feel bad about it. Um, <laughs> but I'll definitely get in like my, oh my gosh, I feel like a horrible person whenever I like hurt my friends. And I like, sometimes like I know that I should go and fix that, but sometimes I find myself running away from it and avoiding the problem, so. Wow, that's crazy. That makes me think like, you know, some, like some things like maybe like apologizing, stuff like that. Like it's because it's, there's negative emotion or even a possibility of a negative emotion in the fact that you have to go and apologize. Like, so I can see how that might drive you away. And then someone's like, Hey, she didn't even like recognize that she did me wrong. Like, so I, yeah. Or sometimes I'll think about it like hours later and I'll be like, Oh, that wasn't good. And I'll be like, (laughs) Hey, I was just thinking and I realized that I was a jerk and I'm sorry. (laughs) So sometimes it's like hours later that I'll be thinking back, oh, that sounded so petty, but it wasn't (laughs) intended to be taken that way. (laughs) Right, right. So all this self-awareness that you've been gaining recently, how do you feel like this has helped you personally and professionally? Just to be aware, I feel like it's important, but I have to actually like implement the the changes to be self-aware for it to be effective. So I know that like when I'm discouraged, I'm really bad about like, staying on top of just like we have like in the business we have the daily five so it's like five tasks that you have to do every day super bad about doing those when I'm feeling down on the business um when I'm feeling Mm -hmm. down on myself and so I'll show up on my social media I'll be like oh got it it's amazing and in the background I'm like watching Netflix instead of working so that's Mm -hmm. something that I've noticed myself doing a lot and I'm pulling myself out of that so that's like one thing where the self-awareness is really good because I'm realizing that I'm doing it maybe because of fear of rejection or maybe because I just don't want to have an awkward conversation if it doesn't go how I want it to go or whatever. Um, I think a lot of people face fears in recruiting and that's something that I've like been working on for sure. But self-awareness there is like definitely been really helpful because I'll see myself doing it and I'll be like, okay, snap out of that. Like read some John Maxwell and get on it. It's time to run a business (laughs) and change some lives. So So the seven uh, in unhealth or stress, they take on unhealthy characteristics of the type one. So in a way you become an unhealthy Lamar when you're stressed and Lamar becomes a healthy you when he's uh, growing. So you guys could probably kind of resonate with some of the the different emotions, but that is uh, part of, of a type seven when they are not to necessarily shut it down, but to become so critical of themselves that then they'll just Mm -hmm. withdraw. And yeah. so they'll start to really judge themselves or have a really harsh inner critic about like, okay, now, uh, you know, you're supposed to do these things and you didn't, so you don't deserve to, or whatever, have to face those emotions. And yeah. so it's just easier to withdraw. There'll be days where I'll like come super aware of how much I've been withdrawing and I'll be like, okay, time to change it around. And I'll work from like 7am to like 3am 
like I won't eat till 3 p.m. kind of thing. Like I'll just like work all day long, um, kind of become a workaholic and like be like, this is your own fault. You don't get to have fun because you didn't want to work. So that's definitely yeah. totally resonate with that. I've had a couple of days where I don't get to breathe. <laughs> Well, we can jump into some of the positive sides then. Uh, some of the, so the, the type seven takes on healthy characteristics of the type five investigator um, when they are healthy. So the type seven that's uh, always, you know, kind of running and gunning different adventures, moving from one thing to the next begins to put a higher premium on knowledge and wisdom and structure. So they take all that fun and then they apply it through a structure that allows them to see success. And I know that in coaching you uh, before you had a board with everything mapped out, every little goal, everything like that. Do you find that to be true of yourself when you're confident or in your growth path, taking on some of those more organized and structured characteristics? Yeah, definitely. Like when I'm, when my business is growing, I'm checking my numbers like three or four times a day. I'm writing on my board. I'm checking in with my team. I'm planning trainings. The book, I brought it home with me to read it again, but 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. So good. This is gold. But I'll like read the self-development books and stuff like that and then do trainings on them for my team. I love learning about the science of the products and stuff. So I definitely feel like when I'm in a growth spot, I'm like diving into knowledge all day. Like at the gym, I don't listen to music. I listen to podcasts or training just as a way to like I guess, make listening to those fun, <laughs> almost like so I can be multitasking. But I definitely say like, when I'm in a healthy spot, I'm super organized. My Google, my Google calendar is like beautiful, probably stressful to some people, but I think it's beautiful. It's color coded. It's organized. It's wonderful. But yeah, I would say that I definitely get more organized when I'm in a growth spot. Love it. Love it. So yes, type sevens aren't always just super outgoing and scattered as some would say. Um, mm-hmm. When they really hit their stride, they really begin to, to piece it all together and find ways to uh, be successful. One of our great friends, uh, Joy, she's a financial advisor as well. Um, she's one of the most disciplined people I know. She's a type seven. So I don't know if she still does it now, Joy, if you're listening, I, I'm sure you do because you're a creature of habit, but she would set a timer. And she would say, I need to do this for this many minutes. And she'd set the timer. And it went, when it went off, she was moving on. Like, like next to, thing. Next yeah. yeah. And I always admired that because I'm like, wow, that is so limiting, if you will. But for her, it helped her to get to the fun things and the exciting things, mm-hmm. which was growing her business. Does she still do that, Lamar? Do you know? Uh, possibly. I wouldn't be surprised. We need to bring her on here is what I've been thinking about. <laughs> so I was like, dang, when you would love to meet her and hear from her. Stuff. I know. I'm like, yeah. I want to hear her podcast. Bring her on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll get her on next. Joy, we're going to send this to you and you must accept. Um, so <laughs> going back to you know, all of your entrepreneurial ventures, it seems like it was something that was inherent. It was a part of you uh, mm-hmm. from a very young age. So when the opportunity came around for Monate and to jump in with that, was there really a lot of wrestling with it? Or you're like, Hey, let's, let's go. What was that? What did that look like? I, she didn't reach out to me. I reached out to her. Um, let's go. I was like, I'll kind of see something that I want. And I'm like, okay, mine doing it. <laughs> I'm like, like even like dating and stuff. Like I remember one of my long-term boyfriends a while back, I wanted to meet him, get to know him. I was like, Hey, we're going to the moon fiesta. Like see you there kind of thing. <laughs> like I'm like a very like forward person, I guess. Okay. So I reached out to her. Um, and I was like, this is something I want to do. And I like, remember texting her on my birthday. Hey, I'm ready to sign up. She's like, okay, a couple days. And I'm like, I don't want to wait a couple days, but waited a couple days. And I did it without telling my parents. I just, it was 349 to start my business. It came with a bunch of different products, my own personal website, free training, don't have to hold inventory. Um, so I like looked into it a lot. And between December and April, I had like researched a lot about the company, found their compensation plan is amazing. 
Um, so I had like done my prior research, but I had my heart set on it the whole time. I knew that it was something that I wanted to do. So even if I found something like that, I didn't love about it, I probably would have done, done it anyways, but I didn't find anything that I didn't like. So I did it. And then I did it. And my dad, I, I want to type him as a six, but I don't know very much about the Enneagram. So I don't know. Um, but he is very cautious. So he was like, are you sure you want to do this? Ask me tons of questions. I was like, I don't know the answers to your questions. I just know I want to do it. Sounds like a type six. I kind of think he is when I, when I read about type sixes, I definitely, um, see him in that. So yeah. yeah, but I was like, I'm doing this. And when I have my heart set on something, you can't really tell me, no, it's going to happen. It's the Aries in me. I'm, I'm sure. Um, or the eight, I don't know, (laughs) but decided I wanted to do it he was definitely like very apprehensive about it. And so I think when I first started, I ran so hard with it because I wanted to prove to him that I could and like show that I was able to. And I talked to my grandpa about this a lot because he's also an entrepreneur. He owns a karate school in Albuquerque. It was actually the first one in Albuquerque, the oldest karate school in Albuquerque. But I was talking to him and he said, like one of our earlier qualities is that we're all super driven. Like he, he finds this vision vision and he did it. He worked with, he worked with the Navy, I think. And he was just like a, like a receptionist kind of thing. And he hated it. And so one day he found the opportunity to go like open his own karate school and he quit that day. So I kind of, I want to type, like, I want my grandpa to take this test too, but he always talks about how we're um, super driven and how it's like the entrepreneurial spirit. My mm. aunt also owns her own karate business. And so does my uncle. So I thought that was really cool. All karate. Yeah. I took it up until I was like 12 and then I didn't love the structure. So I think I quit because of that. Yeah. His like word for me is driven. So I have it in Morse code on this bracelet, but nice. I think that's really cool. Um, but I just jumped into that. So, yeah, no, I love that. Um, it definitely has to do. Uh, it, it just goes to show why you were entrepreneurial so young, um, mm-hmm. because what we believe as far as the teaching of the Enneagram is that we're born with this type. This is how God created us. But mm-hmm. then our experiences, we see it through the lens of our Enneagram type. And so we perceive something and then we take that in and then, okay, cool. that's, that's the way of the world. Right. So for you growing up with all of these super entrepreneurial driven people, it's like, okay, that's mm-hmm. the way that it's done. I, I want to do that. And I see that I don't want to be limited. Um, you know, so it's the experience as well as your perception of it through your Enneagram type. Um, but you know, I was really excited about having you on for many reasons, but one is just because of how young you are and yet you're listening to John Maxwell at the gym. Like (laughs) who does that? (laughs) How how old are you now? I'm 19. So you're 19. You're listening to John Maxwell at the gym, 19 and a half. Right. That's when it still matters. Um, not that Lamar and I are so <laughs> yeah. old, we're 27, but you, you know, I, I, that's something that seems so rare in people. And, and our audience is mostly aspiring business owners and entrepreneurs right now. It's probably half and half people that are uh, successful in business or people that are wanting to. So you took mm-hmm. a $349 investment, you bet on yourself, you went all in, you proved your dad wrong, clearly. How has that investment uh, worked out for you? Oh my God. I love it. It's like the best thing I've ever done. Like I'll, people ask me what I want to do with the rest of my life. And I'm like, I want to be senior executive director with money. Goodbye. Mic drop. I'm building my own house exactly how I want it before I get married. So I can do it exactly how I want. I think it's changed so many aspects of my life. It's got me this amazing community. Like when I first moved to college freshman year, it was super lonely because all of my friends were in Albuquerque. I was in a new place, super lonely, didn't have friends. Um, and my business partners 
were like my best friends at that time. So it was like, I still had people to talk to, still had a really supportive environment. That's like one of my favorite things about the business is like, everyone wants you to win, um, which is really cool. And that's like not something that I ever saw in my other work environment. So like a traditional work environment. So having a supportive group of friends that like believe in everything, like believe in you so hard is really awesome. It's done amazing changes in my hair. My hair used to be literally, I had a neighbor in probably my freshman year of high school asked me if she could mop my mop her floors with my hair because it was so matty and that was like the meanest thing that had ever been told to me I said you just tanked my self-esteem 3,000 thank you bye but (laughs) it was really bad and now it's like I love my hair I people know me as curly girl wit like I'm like known for my curls which I think is like thank you god for this because it made me want to that was another reason I started the business was because I wanted something for my hair that was like another reason to justify 350 bucks I guess it's gotten me free trips I am going to Vegas for free with the company in April I'm on track to earn a free Cadillac so it has to be white and within the past four years so I want an XT5 with Sedona Sauvage leather it's gonna be dope I'm so excited um (laughs) but and yeah, I think it'd be really cool if I was one of the youngest directors. That's one of my big scary goals. And I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 25, which is like scary to say out loud, but yeah. Yes, so speaking like into a lot existence. Of and yeah. and you are you pay for your tuition now with your business, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have scholarships and I definitely believe in multiple streams of income. I think it's like if I have an opportunity to work at the restaurant this like winter break, I'm absolutely going to, I don't know if we're going to get to, cause we're still shut down, but um, definitely believe in the multiple streams of income and grind and cash when you can, you know, but yeah. yeah, my business is definitely growing and it's in a spot where it can pay for my tuition for the next four years. And I'd love to, if my brother decides to go to school, pay for his as well. So. Yeah. You are a natural salesperson and I'm going to get to that in just a moment. You started selling <laughs> the hair products without even, you know, selling the hair products you were just <laughs> talking about your passion for it but before we get there um what would you say to people that are that are 19 that are 18 20 uh, just young people that are wanting to bet on themselves but one maybe they're not an enneagram type seven so it's not as easy um or two they just have a lot of doubt and they're kind of afraid of that or they didn't have an uncle and that and a grandparent to show them that it was possible right what would you tell them how would you encourage them into stepping out on the water and starting to build their business and their dreams I mean, as a seven, I would say, just go for it. It's going to be an adventure. But as a non-seven, I would say, like, you've spent your entire life preparing yourself to do what? Like something amazing, right? So this is either going to be a learning experience where it doesn't work and you find out that it's not what you were meant to do. Um, you find something else. That's We go through so many changes in life where we have to pivot. Yeah. Or you find that it's an amazing passion. And like, depends on the business that you're starting, I guess. So that's why I really love network marketing because it's usually really low startup cost um, rather than like if I were to be a photographer, it's like what, five grand or something to start my business, a bigger bigger chunk of investment for sure. Right. But I would say like, it's going to be a way to learn about yourself. It's going to be a way to build relationships with people around you. If you're passionate about what you're doing, it's going to be a way that you can help other people change their lives. I know that if I didn't have this business I don't think I would have been able to stay at Mesa or if I had I'd be what twenty thousand dollars in debt I don't want to do that like right right if it's an opportunity to move you forward towards a path that you want to go to anyways even if you just use the business as an avenue to get there like I'm using this business to pay for college to get a business degree and a Spanish degree like if I I'm gonna keep doing the business but if I didn't the business is an avenue to get there like we're not for me maybe I am passionate about shampoo because I freaking love it but like 
I don't wake up in the morning thinking about scalp health. I wake up in the morning thinking about the caddy that I'm going to be whooping in six months. Like, right. I don't know. I think just think right. bigger picture and decide if your comfort is like, if the fear that you're going to have to go through, which is more important, like this is a exercise that I do with my girls is I have them draw a line down the middle of the paper, write down all of their fears. So like my fears, when I started, I was scared of judgment. I, what if the products don't work? What if I don't make my money back? What if I don't make any sales? all learnable things I'd like to add. You can learn how to make sales. You can learn how to talk to people well. There's trainings right. on it all over the place. Read a book. Like, so those, right. those are your fears. Um, and then you have your goals. So I want to be debt-free. I would love to pay for my brother's college if he decides to go to college. I want to build my own dream house. I want to have a car. I love to travel. So it's like, am I going to let my fear of maybe not being successful outweigh like debt-free Colby's college travel when I want live in Latin America like yeah these are so much more important than my little fears so maybe make yourself a chart and decide which ones you can have both I like how you mentioned think big picture but then you also kind of thought it's like you spoke to both so you thought you know think big picture what are your ultimate goals but then you brought it down to the granular to say hey your next decision does not have to be your last decision that's mm -hmm. kind of what I heard you say hey your next thing might not be the last thing but it's the thing that leads to the next thing Right. And yeah. that's, that's easy for, for some of us. Uh, it's a little bit harder for others, but it's so true for all of us. Either way, that kind of wisdom uh, transcends your Enneagram type. Don't put so much pressure on your next decision being the final decision. And this is really timely because I'm reading a book right now um, called man's search for meaning. And it's by a uh, Austrian psychologist who actually survived uh, concentration camps in uh, Nazi Germany. Wow. And so he was a psychiatrist going in and then surviving the camps and seeing what kept people alive and what caused people to take their life or give up. He enhanced his uh, studies. But in his book today, he actually had mentioned how when we think of our meaning of life or our purpose, this big grand picture, we're thinking too big. It's almost and we're asking ourselves such an impossible question. And the example that he used was if you asked a master chess player, hey, what's the best move that you can have in the world? The best chess move. And so that's an impossible Look at the question. combo of moves. You can't have one. Yes, because you're, you're asking him what's the best move. And the answer would be, well, it depends on the opponent, their personality, the board, the pieces, where are all those things? So your best move is your next move. And I think E.T. says that, right? Make your next move your best move. Yeah. yeah. Shout out E.T. He's going to listen to us one day. But uh, he says it. And it was like, that's so helpful, especially for younger people, because I'm, I'm 27. I just started my business this year. But I fought this since I was much younger. And I'm thankful because I went into corrections, law enforcement, military, financial services, ministry. And those all led to now being successful mm -hmm. in business and coaching. But, you know, it was constantly knowing that you're learning, uh, you're understanding, and it's going to lead to the thing ultimately you want to do. So I love, yeah. I love that. Advice. And I think like, based just like going off of what you just said, like also have a little bit of faith. I know that all of the situations that you're going to go through in your life, like whether it be like, like my heartbreak led me to my high school best friend, led me to you, led me to whatever, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like every single thing in your life, like God's going to use it for, for your good. Um, and just having faith that as long as you put in the work that he's going to make it happen. God doesn't ask you to provide the miracle. He just asks you to provide the work. So God doesn't ask you to pave your entire way. He just asks you to bring a couple of stones. Just bring your work to the table, work hard. And even if it doesn't turn out exactly how you wanted it to be, God has the greater plan for your life. And he's going right. to move you exactly how he wants you to. So 
hundred percent. And faith is faith is most important. It's the foundation for our business. There are certain things that money can't buy. Money can't yeah. buy you an opportunity to trust God. And, money can't um, buy you a heart for others. You have to want to serve others. Exactly. Exactly. So for those of you that are thinking about starting your business, jumping off into your business, uh, listen to Whitney, have some faith, allow yourself that opportunity. Because if I would have started my business in, in June with a million dollars in the bank account, that wouldn't have required much faith. Right. But because I jumped out there and did it and you as well, you invested that $349 in Lamar in your profession. You had to build your business from the ground up. Um, if we just went in saying, Lamar, you're going to come in with 100 clients. Whitney, you're going to come in with a team of 50. And Keanu, you have a million dollars in the bank. It's like, oh, OK, I don't have to trust God. So don't rob yourself of that opportunity uh, to trust him. So now getting into sales, I love sales because I think that it has been so abused um, a yeah, word. people have such a negative perception. I'm like, why are you being sold to all the time? People, exactly. <laughs> people think so poorly of sales and, and myself as an eight, the protector, I don't like things being bullied. And I think the word sales has been bullied to a point that now mm-hmm. I'm going to stand up for it, but you're a natural salesperson earlier when you started talking about your passion for Monet and the products, you, it reminded me of your social media where you're just excited about it and you're just sharing your excitement. So talk mm-hmm. a little bit, tell, talk to the people a little bit about your mindset towards sales and what makes a successful salesperson. I think first and foremost, if you're not authentic, it's not going to work for you. I mean, I've worked other jobs too, that weren't entrepreneurial jobs that I hated and I didn't sell the vision. Well, to like, like I worked in the admissions office at CMU did not love that job. First things first, have to be excited about the vision. If you haven't tried the products yet, excited about maybe other people's results. Um, excited about, you know, you have to have a little bit of like faith and confidence in the product that you're selling. And then, like I said at the beginning, like it has to be authentic. If you're going to start say network marketing company, that's what I'm most familiar with. You don't show up as just the brand you are yourself. And then the brand is just part of your life now. So it's like, I was Whitney before Monet and I'm going to stay Whitney past Monet. So I don't want to brand myself as that. Um, Although that has been a really big part of my life because it's how I pay for everything. It's what I spend all day doing. It's what I wash my face with. (laughs) Like it's all the things, Um, but you're not your company. You're your own person. So it's really important to be making connections before like the hair products. Like I never want people to feel like I'm coming into their DMS to make a sale rather than a friendship, especially if it's just first starting out. Some people, I guess I will, like if they have really curly hair, I'll be like, oh my gosh, like you have to try this. Like it's so good. Like in my testimonial kind of thing. Um, but I'll still interact with people. Like if people try the products and they stop using them, I'm still going to love them. I'm still going to be their friend because it's the relationship over the profit, which is how right. it should be. So right. <laughs> if that's not where your head's at, you need to switch that up real quick. But yeah, I would say that I think sales has a really negative connotation because infomercials and stuff are really ingenuine. But if you're doing it in a genuine way, um, then it's not selling, it's sharing. And people yeah, do that things, all the time. Two things that I want to elaborate on that you had said was um, being your authentic self and then having a vision. And uh, one of the things that I, because I, I coach new advisors as well all the time. And one thing I always say is stop trying to copy the behaviors of all the other successful advisors because that's not you. And mm-hmm you're going to attract people that are attracted to some persona that you're putting on. And every time you see them, you have to put on that mask, which is going to exhaust you. And so one thing that I've loved about everything that you've been saying so far is that you're just being yourself and people will choose to like it or not. And and it's not that you're just going to be unapologetic or a jerk about like, 
you know, the, the faults of our personalities, but it's not like you're, you're coming out every single day trying to be anything other than who you are. Um, yeah. And, so and I will say I started my business as a copycat. I was an exact <laughs> copy of one of the other girls in the business. And I mean, they did okay at the beginning, but yeah. like eventually people saw through it and this book <laughs> and among other things was like, why am I trying to be this other girl? Like she's amazing, love her to death, but that's not who I am. And so right. when I started like being more authentic with my followers and talking more about my faith, that was something I was quiet about for a while and I don't really know why. Yeah. Um, but as I've like started to share more of like my art and who I am, it's definitely like shown through in the business as well yeah the other thing too is you want people to tell you no because they're saying Mm -hmm. and and because you're you're not letting people on the boat that aren't going to accept you anyways like you want people to be working with you that already love you and that already understand the value that you bring so you don't even have to think twice about uh what kind of person do i have to be today walking into this room right yeah and i think there's definitely like in sales you get so many no's and it can be so discouraging so it's super important to like have a good mindset around no's so i always say like a no is a not yet or it's a friendship so like some people you know they'll say no and maybe it's because they just paid for their groceries and their gas and they don't have the money for it right now but they'll come around when they do and as long as you keep building that relationship they'll come back to you and some people like sevens tend to jump right into things but like a six if I pitched this business to my dad he would tell me to kick rocks <laughs> he's like this is, no I'm not doing this you know what I mean right, um, right but if I were to keep providing the value and showing what it's doing in my life and being like almost leading by example um and just showing like the gifts that it's been able to give me people are eventually going to come back to that like sales psychology it takes someone seven times of seeing something before they'll even consider buying it so I think people jump into businesses like this and they're like oh well I asked Suzanne and she told me no. And I'm like, okay, we'll post like seven, 10 more times. And maybe Susie Joe will reconsider it. Suzanne, Susie Joe. I great, don't know what I said. great transition but, into social media. I wanted to pick your brain on okay, that. Yeah, um, so thank sure. you for teeing that up a bit. You post uh, 10 to 20 times a day. That's just what I notice. And I'm not on social media often, um, but you really put yourself out there. And I think that that's really awesome that you, I mean, of course you understand that there can be rejection or whatever, but tell us about that. Tell us how you do that or how you would encourage someone to put themselves out there on social media the way you do. Yeah. I talk to Instagram like it's my bestie. Like Instagram knows all, maybe not all. Cause you know, you gotta keep a little bit of privacy, but um, they know a good amount of things that are going on in my life. And a lot of the people that I'm friends with on Instagram, like, like actual friends, like we talk every day kind of thing. Like I've never met them in real life. Um, and that goes to being an authentic person on Instagram I think a lot of times people will want to be like you know miss perfect and that's not necessarily like reality um so that's something that I've had to work through too because I don't like being judged I don't like being rejected so I know there's times that I put myself out there in a way that's like sunshine and butterflies when it's not necessarily always sunshine and butterflies so I think finding a balance between that like where you want to be like I want my page to be a positive space, but also I don't want my followers to think I'm perfect and living a perfect life because I'm not, it's like not happening. <laughs> um, but a lot of it is. Um, so I think finding a balance between that and then with the posting regularly, that's like I said, part of the algorithm. Um, and I like, I feel like it's more genuine if they see my face. So I show my face at least once or twice a day, whether it be cooking something or telling a funny story or like, product selling tip if you're not showing yourself using the products on camera people aren't going to trust that you use them 
Um, so like tutorials and stuff like that as well are really important. Yeah. So I never thought about showing your showing yourself using the products. I mean, I I provide intangible products, so I guess I can't. But <laughs> that's really cool for those of us that that do. Right. I did right. a budgeting project in high school as my senior project, and I've like shared my budgeting forms and like shared tips on it and stuff. So maybe you could, I don't know, you could incorporate that if you don't already. I don't think I follow you on Instagram, so I don't know what you're doing on there. But <laughs> he doesn't do Quite. social media at all. I'm on social LinkedIn only. LinkedIn oh, okay. only. Um, I have a LinkedIn, but I don't know how to use it. Well, you're going to have to connect with us on LinkedIn. If you teach us how to Instagram or you teach me how to Instagram, I'll teach you how to LinkedIn. Fair? Teach me how to do cool. football. I'll send you my training. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, speaking of social media, how can people engage with you? Instagram is at WhitWitK, W-H-I-T-W-H-I-T-K-A-Y. Um, and that's honestly the main one that I use. If you want to contact me, don't have Instagram, you can just email me. It's WhitneyErler at gmail.com. So W-H-I-T-N-E-Y-E-R-L-E-R at gmail.com. And what if somebody wants to join your team? What if they want to know more about joining Monate and getting running in their own business? Yeah. So first, stock my page. See if it's something you see yourself doing. Um, it's your own business. You can do it however you want. You don't have to be you know, bubbly and loud on camera if that's not your thing. There's tons of people that are successful in this business without ever showing their face. There's a link in my bio. It kind of tells about my story. Um, and then there's a work with me application. So you can do that. If that's like super formal, honestly, the reason that that is, is just so I can get your contact info and know about why you want to do it. Um, usually I'll set up a FaceTime interview. We'll talk for like 15, 20 minutes. If it sounds like something you want to do, five minute sign up process. So we just get you going, but shoot me a DM or a quick email and we can link up that way. Love it. Love it. Thank you. One last fun thing. You mentioned that uh, you speak Spanish and you're majoring in that, right? Or minoring or minor in Spanish. Major. Yeah. Minor in Spanish. Can you give one statement of encouragement to the people out there in Spanish, please? Oh, gosh. Todo que quieras hacer, puedes hacerlo si trabajas bien. So I think I said that ugly, honestly. My grammar is bad. But I said everything that you want to do, you can as long as you work hard. And I think that's like the main thing in my life is. I think I've gone through seasons where I don't work very hard and I'm like, oh, it'll just come to me. And it never does. I don't know why I think that you can, can't be a millionaire by sitting on your butt, sweetheart. Like you got to work. So um, anything you want can come to you as long as you're, as long as you're praying about it. And it's in God's plan and you're putting in the work as well. So yeah. pray like <laughs> it depends on God and work like it depends on you. Thank you so much, Whitney. This has been awesome. Hey, when you are making your million dollars and you are crushing it and you are the executive for Monet, you have to come back on and share your story. We're going to have you back on the podcast, okay? Okay, yeah. Absolutely. I would love to be back. This was so fun. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Whitney. Thank you. It's been great.